Fast forward five years, yeah. what are you going to tell your past self? I was done waiting. Yeah. yeah, I'm not the sort of person just to sit around and wait for things yeah, to happen. Just get it done. You have to make it happen yourself. My whole face was just cuddles. Yeah. I cuddled a lot of men at one time. Hey, but it's a mentality. Like, I was a fuckboy and I'm willing to admit it. Have you fucked your whole past <laughs> is the question she's trying to ask. Where do men draw the line? Like, you've got the breakfast in 12 hours. But sometimes I put like an emoji next to it to kind of hint at what kind of sex oh was. Oh my god, you're <laughs> okay, but seriously? Boyfriend vibes. Ugh. <laughs> 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 no, I was just kidding. I don't actually want to fuck you. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to fuck you when I thought you didn't want to fuck me. Alright, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Hello everyone, welcome to podcast number 17, 17. of Okay But Seriously. Mm-hmm. Apparently we're still counting. Well, of course we're still counting because I re- like edit the podcasts, so I have to keep count, but now it's just fun to like, you know, at what point are we going to surpass the amount of people that we've slept with consecutively? Not consecutively, Con- like conjoined. <laughs> conjoined. Yeah. Um, no, we're not there yet. I had to think for a second. I was like, are we're we cl- are we close? No, we're not even close. <laughs> All right. Um, so today we're going to do a little bit of a different episode, a little bit more serious. We had a serious one last week too. Jeez, we're no fun. Well, I mean, I, yeah, but like serious with a female. So Seri- point of yeah. difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are going to have a guest on today, but we thought we'd jump in here for a little bit first, do the old catch up on our life thing. Because, well, we haven't seen each other in, uh, what, almost a week? Yeah, it's literally only been five days. Um, But because, I don't know, I'm working up in Brisbane now, you're working all the time, it just feels like forever? It just feels like forever. I started a new job last week, so that's a bit, like, that's been different. It's been interesting. Um, Emily's come back in to be mummer of the bar because no one can do anything properly. Yep. Um, there's a broody Italian. He's hot. Well, I think he's Italian. I'm guessing. Um, I didn't I didn't realise broody was my type. So how do we like coax him into saying like, hey, baby girl? Is that, was that the <laughs> line? I lost baby girl. Can we do it? I don't even know if he's can Italian. You? He's just got that kind of look to him. You should just get lost and then... Be lost. <laughs> just l- just generally look lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a new job. It's not going to be hard. I keep getting myself locked downstairs because I don't have access to anything. Oh, so <laughs> No, I don't have access to get myself out. Like everyone else has access, but I don't because I'm new. Okay. So yeah. I keep getting locked downstairs. So maybe I'll just get... So at what point did you decide that maybe you should just leave the door open? You can't because it's like that's then the, the customers can get down there. Okay. Like it's... It, there's a there's a system there's a system um yeah i don't know what else to come in here and say what's what are you happening? doing what's been going on you're pmsing again yeah my hormones are fucked bro mm-hmm. like this one week one one week on one week off period situation i think i need to go back to a doctor i need to just euthanasia at this point might be the best option <laughs> hey, actually that's really cool they just um they're bringing that into um they're bringing it to the table in new zealand Interesting that you know yeah, that they're gonna they're gonna put it to vote and see if it like I love how forward they are. I just love that you know that. Like, yeah, and any any way to get a political movement into a podcast, Steph's no, here. It's not a political movement. No, I've said all along that that's how I'm gonna go. So I like to know 
who's doing what and how easy it is to get there. And when you're moving. Yeah. I can be like, you know what? I'm done with today. I'm also done with life. Like I'll see you later. That is rough. That is very, very rough, my friend. (laughs) She loves her life. She's doing great. She's sipping on a coffee she didn't even have to make. Mm -hmm. This one doesn't taste like asshole. This one doesn't taste like, you know what? But it still tastes like coffee. So it's a little bit like us, but it's a good kind of us. You know, it's like freshly showered, shaved. <laughs> it's an ass that's been cleaned to the loofah. Yeah. Not just a regular ass. It's been sponged. Clean. It's like, been sponged, yeah. It's been <laughs> um, but no, nothing else has really happened with me. I went out with friends mm-hmm. on Wednesday night for dinner and stuff mm-hmm. and ended up um, – it was actually an interesting situation. Ended up seeing some people we know out and like making new friends. Because um, I went, Freya, who was on the podcast, I went out with her for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, like, there's a big group of people that we went out with the previous week. We ran into some of them, which was cool. Um, and then I ended up out again last night. This is a yep. dangerous thing. My new job, I finish at like ten thirty on a close. Yeah. Um, and it's that that's early enough to go and like have fun after yeah, work amazing no I'm <laughs> concerned I'm concerned for my liver yeah um because I'm still working on a bar yeah so like you're around alcohol all night and you're around people drinking all night yeah. and people having a good time and then you're just like you know what you know what I could go right now tequila but not tequila because you're a pussy no a beverage but yes you got my point not tequila um not because I'm a pussy but just because I'm Mm self-aware um but yeah so went out last night and saw some friends stayed sober drove home uh that's about it for me really well it was Halloween it was on Saturday and I so I am the seasonal events right like I become Christmas I become Halloween I obviously used I'm to work at Dracula's very so. excited to see you turn into a Christmas tree oh dude I get the antlers going I've got red sparkly lipstick like I am Christmas and I'll continue to remind you the entire fucking month uh I am concerned um <laughs> <laughs> but Halloween so we finished work oh all day on Halloween my boss didn't let me dress up at work but I wore this little mustache that goes through my your wee wee mustache yeah and I, I was a little French man for the day fantastic customers loved it except i used to wear it at the nightclub but it was obviously nighttime. um but today it's like 11 like that day it was 11 o'clock in the morning and you're running around with a fucking mustache hanging out your nose yeah you look like an idiot yeah and then every hipster that came into the bar with a mustache i'm like who wore it better (laughs) (laughs) but no it's fucking me um but no funny story after we finished work we got all dressed up i did my makeup um i looked Banging, love my makeup, was super proud of it. Yeah. It's like third eye, witchy. I thing. did see that, a photo of that, I think. Yeah, because I wasn't like with you. I don't remember seeing, I was tired and I just yeah. came home to bed on Halloween and this was a major issue for me because I'm also a Halloween person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I remember having a positive reaction. Yeah, I, yeah. I loved it. Um, lots of positive vibes out in the valley as well. People like that's scary as shit and then you don't say anything back, you just stare at them. How did you find um, the like being out in Brisbane versus the Gold Coast? Like it was insane. It's like COVID didn't even happen. Lots of people out. Hey, yeah. uh, so well, last night I was out with friends and we ended up like every time someone moved while they were standing up the security guard was like sit the fuck down. Well, not sit down, but like stop dancing, stop dancing kind of thing. So you had to kind of like just move the top it half was, of your body the valley was messed up but i've seen yeah i've seen in the valley everyone's like in packs yeah dancing it was insane yeah but i've done all my makeup and because i didn't have my 
my um like face paint makeup I just use my normal brushes right oh yeah yeah so and there was a lot of black involved in my powder brush and stuff and I thought I'd cleaned it like I thought it was pretty clean I'd done the, the test <laughs> skin rub and everything and we've done our makeup today for the videos that we're about to record and I've come out going I think there's some black stuff left on my foundation. The lighting in the bathroom is obviously a bit different. I've come out like blackface. <laughs> no, not even blackface. Like you literally, you said you said to me, you're like, do you think anyone will notice? I was like, dude, it looks like you've just fallen down a chimney. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it was like it wasn't black, black, but it was grey. It was like grey like, film across my fucking face. But it was like 1920s Mary Poppins, like chimney sweep. Yeah, chimney sweep up. But because it, it was really like heavy on like one corner of your forehead and like parts of your nose like obviously where you've gone a little bit darker on yeah. your powder or whatever and it's like come out in certain spots and yeah it literally looked like you know the makeup artist of Mary Poppins would have been proud yeah so I'm like cool I'm gonna be another 30 minutes because I need to go fucking start again yep thanks shitty like bathroom lighting it's actually really good which is why I didn't see it because it, well it's also like a halogen light like one of the really yeah. bright ones whereas out here it was like the shadow being cast on your face I was like Dude, like you just were the shadow at that I, point. I am, I am Christmas. I am Halloween. I am a shadow. I am darkness. Like yeah. <laughs> I am darkness. I am darkness. <laughs> How's optimism going today? Um, what, what what do we call it the other day? Um, something positivity. Ominous. Omin- what? That wasn't me. No, we were in the car. Ominous positivity. I don't remember you saying that to me. Where it's like. Everything will be okay. You have no choice. Right? Yeah, I don't remember us call- I remember saying that, but I don't remember us calling an ominous po- positivity. Yeah, because I said I don't think- like, that's not the word, so I had to change it because I think I said ominous. Or is that the word? I do remember that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Same okay. conversation. Uh, is it? I don't know. What day is it? What, that's how, what, that's how what, what time is it? I am the darkness. Yeah. You're the darkness. Life's going all right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's giddy up day tomorrow, so we've got to go back to work. <gasps> Oh, you know what else? I, I had a funny, I, I know we're getting on time here. I had a funny giggle. It's like, stop waiting for your origin story. Be the villain you were born to be. Succumb to the darkness yourself. I saw that actually, yeah. that <laughs> meme that meme the other day. Um, I saw a different version of it though that was a state of origin um, meme, uh, which was great. But I did see that meme. They like photoshopped, it was, it was like the Joker or something was the yeah. original photo. They photoshopped someone's face onto it. So that, yeah, that was funny. But yes, I agree. I agree. Be the darkness you were born to be. Be yep. your own villain. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're getting on in time. Yeah, so um, actually, let's while we're here, uh, our guest today. Now that we've yambled on for ten minutes. Ten minutes. Um, yeah. We actually got her on to talk about having your own children on your yep. own, no help, no nothing. Just deciding one day I'm ready to have a kid, whether you're single or not, and just doing it. Yeah. It's called um, being a choice mother. Yeah. So we thought we'd talk to Sasha because when I first found out that she had a baby. I was like, yeah, no, cool. cool. You've got a baby. Chill. And then I was, you know, we worked with her for a little bit longer. And then she was like, no, 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 just just I have a baby. And I was like, oh, now I have questions, actually. Now I have lots of questions. An hour's worth of a podcast of them. Um, And fortunately enough, we figured that a lot of the people out there might also have lots of questions. Lots of questions, particularly with the reception that we've received around the PCOS and endo episode that we did with Sky. 
Um, so we had touched on that a little bit more in this episode now. Um, and Sasha gave me a little bit of advice on egg freezing and the process and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So like I said before, a bit more of a serious one today. Yes. But very fun, very informational and um, I think definitely helpful for everybody. And if you're curious about how labour is induced and potentially don't want to have kids or maybe you do but you're a little bit <laughs> if you would that. like a contraceptive method uh, um, right now listen to the podcast yes. <laughs> and we'll hand it over welcome sasha to okay but seriously podcast um tell us a little bit about yourself i guess you're yeah. probably a better person to talk about it than us well thanks so much for having me i know we've talked about it for many weeks so far so i'm glad that we months weeks months you know, the whole time you're our biggest fan yeah <laughs> <laughs> number one fan right here i actually heard a weaver shouted her out she was the times. one that told yeah. us to stop talking about poo um and that was we, me turns out we know, we've known each other for quite a bit longer than we kept saying we had so yeah yeah our fact checker over here yeah <laughs> exactly that's me uh so I guess a little bit about me uh so I recently launched a small business specializing in wedding planning uh, essentially I look after brides who have planned their entire wedding that have got their perfect Pinterest board and really pulled together the production of their wedding yep. um, essentially on the day coordinator serving the brides of southeast Queensland um, having spent a number of years in the industry working in resorts in Australia and overseas yeah so you would have worked a lot of weddings in those resorts. Like you've worked in massive hotels. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This might be a dumb question, but what do you mean by like on the day coordinator? So everything's all organized, but you stand there and you're like, this is what has to happen right now on the day. In a, in a matter of speaking, but essentially yeah. if, if you're the bride, what are you doing on the day? You're getting your hair and makeup done. You're drinking champagne with all of your bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. Who is the person that's going to make sure that photographer shows up, make sure the celebrant shows up, make sure that somebody pushes play on the music, all of those things that you as a bride would be like, is that actually happening behind the scenes? I don't have yeah. to worry about that's it. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's, that's an interesting point because I know for my auntie and uncle's wedding, that was me. I was that person and I wasn't in any other photos. I wasn't like, I wasn't at the wedding. I was at work Mm. essentially just making sure the DJ turned up, making sure the food turned up, making sure the DJ had the right tracks to play at the right time, like all that kind of stuff. It was a small home wedding, but I can absolutely see where the value would come in there. Like so every single person in your bridal party gets to be in your bridal party instead of someone running around organizing everything so you love high stress work environments absolutely i thrive on it wonderful absolutely yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um and for those out there that don't know i just took on a role similar to sasha's up at my new job up in brisbane and i don't know how this woman fucking does it because holy shit the amount of dumb questions i get on emails i've spoken about it last (laughs) podcast like it's just good like congratulations you do well like (laughs) you keep yourself together pretty well thank you yeah yeah she does well and you also have a blog I do. Yeah. Yeah, The Little Wonderluster. So it started a couple of years back essentially as a food blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, we in a, in a hotel that I was working at, we had an Instameet. So that was a whole new world for me where we invited a whole lot of bloggers into the hotel, provided them with amazing food and cocktails. Oh, interesting. And they blogged the shit about it. Yeah. Um, cool. So I was just like, hey, I can do this. So it started off as a food blog and then I wanted to really expand and I'm an avid traveller, so I decided that I'd pretty much turn it into a lifestyle, foodie, travel blog so I could blog about anything. Yeah. Give yourself an open playing field to just Absolutely. do what you like. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing it for? 
I think that one's probably about five years. Oh, yes. um, I've written a couple of blogs, um, but I'd really like to spend some more time doing some writing about some of the amaz- amazing trips that I've done around the world. Yeah, life experiences and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. COVID is the perfect time to reminisce on everything that you can't do right it now. It is, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Well, why we brought you here today, there's one little other special thing in your life. Mm-hmm. Little baby Brooklyn. Yes. So you have a – how old is she? She's 16 months. 16 months. Parents do the 16 months. It's about a year and, and a half. Ha- yeah, I have to and math in my head and I'm like... Ugh. She had a birthday in July. Birthday in July. That I can work with. Okay. That I can just, work with. Just okay. over one. Yeah, just over one. Um, yeah, cool. So you have a baby, but there's an interesting thing about the baby. So you decided to have her on your own. I did. And it wasn't a decision of she was already in existence and then you decided to have her on her own. You actually went out and decided to have a baby and sort out the process on your own absolutely Correct. talk me through this so I kind of always said if I'm not married by the time I'm 30 I'm gonna have a kid of my own mm-hmm. kept on pushing that timeline up kept on doing amazing things with my life and I was quite lucky that I got to work in results overseas and do amazing things and that kind of pushed that out a little bit come I think I was 31 or 32. I was just like, do you know what? I'm going to go and get checked out, see what the situation is. Thinking that the fertility specialist would just say, you've got plenty of time, don't worry about it. Not the case. (sighs) Not the case. (laughs) Um, And essentially was told that I might not be able to have children. Yeah, wow. And that was devastating. Did you kick yourself that you waited? I did. Kicked myself that I waited. Um... Obviously, it's disappointing that I haven't met the right guy. Yeah. Um, having had quite a number of relationships, you know, in my life, I also still count myself lucky that I didn't have a baby with those guys and yeah. sort of be stuck with those exes through my life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was quite disappointing, but picked myself up, kind of found out what other options are there. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted kids from a young age. I come from a big family. I have one sister and two brothers, so it was always very important for me and I didn't want to be an old mum. Yeah. I didn't want to be 40, 50 years old not being able to chase after my kid yeah. or anything like that. So met with a fertility specialist and kind of broke down what the obstacles were. Obviously the first one was not having a partner, mm-hmm. number yeah. one, um, but they, they suspected that I had endometriosis, yeah. which you spoke about on your last podcast. Yeah. Um, was quite new to me. Yeah. Didn't even know what it was. It's very strange that you made it that far without having symptoms and like you didn't – well, I guess that's what Sky said. She thinks that her mum and her aunties have probably got it. They just hadn't had such bad – they just figured they had bad periods. And you just go, I've just got bad period pain. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I was kind of always that girl that was just like, what, she's having a day off work for a period? Seriously? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do believe that the pill masks the symptoms. Yeah. And I really only started getting that when I came off the pill. Yeah. Um, but then the only way to diagnose it is to have the surgery. Yep. Yep. Wow. We told you this. Why are you shocked? I know. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I, it, it blows my mind how common it is. And we've spoken about this on a podcast before, but yet we can't test it really. You mm-hmm. can't, there's no mm-hmm. right clear symptoms and there's yeah. no real way to treat it unless you just get everything taken out. But it also blows my mind that a female who has female friends you've been around a lot of females somehow you have never come in contact with it like I, I it does it blows my mind that it seems to be so common yet so underspoken about like yeah. potentially a bunch of your friends do have it but no one's talking about it so oh, no like, one knows they have it 
Yeah, or Possibly. no one knows they have it. And they go to have a baby and someone tells them, like, all of a sudden, oh, wow, you might have this illness that you have probably had since you were born. Do you reckon had you tested it for it earlier, you could have done stuff kind of like Emily, like you do with your gluten and your intolerances to have put yourself in a better position for the time when you wanted to have children? Is that kind of how it works? Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah, Is there anything you could kind of do to set yourself up like that? I mean, I don't – to be honest, I don't know too much about endometriosis Mm. for that purpose. And I I do understand that it grows over time. So – Potentially, if I'd looked at it earlier, I might have known and I might have been able to have that surgery and been in a better position. But as I understand, it can grow back. Mm -hmm. So even if I had done it then, it still might have grown back and I still might have had to to have the surgery again. Yeah, I used to be a PA for a lady, um, Zoe Marshall. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She, her um, husband plays football. She's media, like, through and through. And she's quite outspoken about her endo. Um, And I worked with her when she fell pregnant with her first child and the shit she went through to try and get that endo at bay to have that kid was, like, ridiculous. Like, she did a Chinese herbal medicine ritual thing where she was eating oh, wow. eating nothing and then introducing, like, celery sticks and carrot. Like, she went extreme, but she was in her early 30s by that point and had been trying to have a baby for X amount of years and that was her last-ditch effort because it would go away and then it would come back and she'd get the surgeries and then it would come back and she couldn't fall pregnant. Like, it's so stupid. There's just no way around it or no way to know or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. so I was essentially told that it's probably best to diagnose that first Mm -hmm. because then once we start going through the fertility treatment, we might have further problems. Yeah. So... It was September, mm-hmm. two years ago now. Uh, September, I went in for the surgery. Next morning, found out that I had extreme endometriosis. Yeah, just what you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, found out that my tubes were actually blocked. Interesting. So double whammy. Double whammy. Um, yep. He said that um, some girls are born with blocked tubes, mm-hmm. and some girls the tubes are a formed block. Yeah. So mine were form blocked and they actually cannot unblock them. Wow. So because of that, um, the only option that he could give me was IVF. There was no option to do artificial insemination. Wow. Which So what's the difference between IVF and artificial? You, you had to take your eggs out and then, yeah? That's right, yeah. So if you have an insemination, they essentially inseminate you with the donor turkey sperm. Turkey baster. And just turkey baster, yeah. 100%. Turkey baster up the vag. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So a lot of um, a lot of people do that. Obviously, they do say that the percentage of success is less. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people that I know have that have gotten pregnant from insemination have had to go through about five rounds. Jane the Virgin, that's artificial insemination, isn't it? That's accidental artificial <laughs> insemination. But absolutely, yes, that was that's what we're talking the about. The whole way through that show was turkey baster. Turkey exactly. baster, perfect. Yes. Yep. So that wasn't an option. It's also a cheaper option. So that's why a lot of people do that yep. first. So the only option was to do IVF. So this was September. So then October. Had all the fertility treatment, had the needles, mm-hmm. which I had to inject myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it works, isn't it? Like you inject yourself with hormones mm-hmm. and to cause more eggs to drop down. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. To stimulate yep. the ovaries, um, to produce more eggs. And I just pretty much got on with life. I was working in a hotel. I was jumping on a plane, traveling to Sydney, having to take my needles with me on the plane. So that was a whole new experience. Yep. Yeah. Checked myself before I'd go out and sell to clients. Mm-hmm. Just got on with it. 
Um, and you do that for two weeks. Yeah, and you're all you're on your own at this point. No partner in the picture. No. Yeah. No. Um, I think once I decided to go through with that, I kind of didn't dabble in the dating world just because it was just like well well, what's the point yeah um you kind of need to focus on it as well like it's quite taxing emotionally yeah um the injections can be quite painful and quite emotional with injecting yourself with all those hormones yeah um so yeah you do that for two weeks and then you have scans just to see how the they call them follicles the follicles are growing to then decide when they're going to take them out so I had that test on the Monday and they're like, well, it's not really a good story. You know, maybe we should have upped your dosage. You can actually cancel the cycle, lose about $800, but then we could start again on the higher dosage. Yeah. At that point, two weeks later, you're, you, you know, you're drained. You're like, what? You yeah. want to restart it? And I was just like, it only takes one, yeah? And she's like, yeah, and I had no idea. So I was just like, no, let's do it. I said, How I'm, many did they say you had? They only had about four at this stage. Yep. So I was just like, do you know what? I'm all in. Let's just do it. Yeah. Um, like four viable eggs. Four viable. Yeah. Just yeah. To clarify what we're talking about yeah. there. Yeah. I think they call them follicles before yeah. they're removed. Yeah. There's a whole lot of um, jargon. But then they just pushed out the surgery. And then I think it's 24 hours before the surgery, you take one last injection and that's like one last boost to them. Yeah. And then they take your eggs out. So he thought he'd get about four. He got eight. Amazing. So I was I was happy with that, mm-hmm. um, and then literally every twenty four hours after that, you get a call from the scientists. So the scientists are actually in the room. Oh my god! They take <laughs> the eggs out, and because I'd already chosen the sperm, which we kind of missed that step, but I'd um, chosen a donor. You chose a donor. Chose yeah, a we donor. did skip that step. We did skip that step. I could. Jump I want to know how you I chose your donor. I can jump back we'll to back. that step. Yeah, we'll come back. So they fertilize the eggs. Pretty much straight away. Yeah. And then you get a call within 24 hours to say how many have actually fertilised. Yeah. So they said five fertilised. So I thought that was pretty good odds. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then on the Monday they called up and said there's still five. On Wednesday we're going to go into putting it, like implanting one. They call it a, a embryo transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when in the Wednesday they did an embryo transfer, which is effectively like a pap smear. Right. Yeah. The scientist comes in. It was fresh, so they like don't freeze that. Spread up on the stirrups. It, and yep, hundred percent. Yep. that's it. They get this really thin tube, put it in, and she checks the tube, and she's like, "Yep, it's not there." And I'm like, "What? Like, is it falling on the floor? Like, <laughs> make sure you got it in there." Yeah, yeah. And then you have the awful two week wait. Yeah, to see if it's caught. To see if it's caught. And at this point, do they freeze the other four? That's right. Yeah. Although they did say that one of them didn't one at that point they're like, Oh, one's kind of really not that viable. We're gonna see how it goes for the next day. Yeah. And it didn't make it. So okay. they put three on us. How do they know? I think they, they test them. Dude, yeah. they have degrees, man. Yeah, they're, they're scientists. But I wonder how they know whether it's viable or not. Because you're looking at something under a microscope, right? Yeah. yeah. I think they know they how know it's it, Yeah. How do they know any of these things? They're just smart. Science. Science. Science yeah. They know that it's fertilized. They know that it's viable. I think how it forms as well. They've got like they can grade the embryos. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, so literally wait two weeks, and they essentially tell you not to do a home pregnancy test because you can get a false false positive, yeah. or it could be too early. Even though on the Facebook groups I was all in, people were doing it. And I was just like, no, 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 no. You go in, you have your bloods taken. I was actually in the canteen mm. at my workplace, and she called me and she goes, "Yep, you're pregnant." Oh my goodness. I'm like, it's the first time. Holy fuck. First yep. time. Yeah. First time. First time. 
So you still have three others on ice so now? So I still have three others on ice. And how long can they be on ice for? Forever. Forever? Yeah. So at any point you could go and have another one, two, maybe three babies? Absolutely. Theoretically. With the same donor? Yes. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Tell us about the donor yeah. process. Tell well, me what was your criteria? How did you how did you, did you know you going this? into it? Yeah. Who was going to be your donor or did you pick one from a book kind of thing? Yeah, I, essentially from a book. There was the thought of maybe picking a known donor. Yeah. And you're know, asking a friend or things like that, but then I thought that that would just be complicated. Yeah. Push comes to shove, they want to be involved. You know, you yeah. just don't know. Finances, legal, you know, you want to be able to do whatever you want with your child. You don't want to have any barriers. That's why you don't have it with a partner. You know, it's Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought there would be an endless supply of men. And I thought I was going to have like a donor party, get the girls over, we'll sit there online, feed through them, have some wine. Not the case. How many are we talking, um, like five? So <laughs> there's two different donor programs that you can yeah. access. There's the American donor program that's three times the price. Yep. Well, there's the Australian donor program, a third of the cost. Um, I thought there was going to be a lot. There was probably about 15. Wow. So not a lot of choice because in Boys Australia... Start donating your sperm. Yeah. Totally. In Australia... You don't get paid for it. So a lot of people have to do it out of the goodness of their heart, whereas in the US they get paid for it. So yes, they have no endless supplies. No it. motivation. Yeah. Generally it's from somebody that's known somebody else that's had to access the program that they're like, oh, well, I'm going to go help out, help, you know, the yeah. future ones. So I was very much had this idea of, you know, ideal guy, whatnot. It just didn't happen like that. Yep. <laughs> and you don't get it. You sometimes get a photo of the baby only. You don't get a photo of them as an adult. You don't get their names. Oh. They're a number. You get attributes, family history. The guy as a baby or they do some like crazy picture of you and the guy and make it a baby? No. The what? guy as a baby. Okay. I was like, where are we going? The guy yeah. when he was a baby. Yeah. Um, That's bullshit. I would definitely want to judge them on what they grew up looking like. <laughs> <laughs> like... I was an ugly baby and I'm doing all right right but now. But that's but that's what like you don't sleep with a with an attractive man going. I wonder if you had an ugly baby picture. Yeah, well, it's like my auntie has this thing called the teenage warp. I want to know how they how the teenage warp fed them. Like you go through this warp between fourteen, like well, it's like thirteen and sixteen or whatever, where you look like a complete nong, and you either come out the like the other side looking great, or you come out the other side looking like spaz. And I want to know how the teenage warp <laughs> fed him. Yeah, I yeah. want to know. Like, were you cute up until thirteen, and then you ended up looking like doofus, or you know, the other way around? The other way around. Yeah. Not that it matters. You're no. going to love your child. No. Anyway. Yeah. So for me, number one was health. Yeah. There was a lot that had had history of breast cancer or different family uh, health issues, and that was absolutely number one. I wanted a healthy baby. Yeah. So I started looking, and it was very hard to find profiles that resonated with me. Yeah. Initially, I was looking at all Caucasian men. Yep. And then I really wasn't finding what I was looking for. So I thought I'd need to be a little bit more open-minded. Yeah. I've always been attracted to, you know, people from different countries and different cultures. So I started expanding my search and I actually ended up on a donor that was Indo-Chinese. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was clean bill of health, you know, a couple of things in common. 
um, you know, similar in age. There was just a few things, that, a few little things that spoke to me. So and a bit of a gut feeling of yeah, just a bit of a gut gut feeling that that this is the right one for me. Yeah. Um, you also um, there's certain rules in Australia of how many families can be made from an amp of sperm. So you can only make 10 families. So it's not like there's going to be this guy's sperm all the way around the country. And, yeah. you know, I think they want to prevent, you know, genetic disorders and things like that. Yeah. Um, so once the allocation is exhausted, you can no longer choose that guy. So hypothetically, you can have 10 babies and someone else can have 10 babies and someone else exactly. can have 10 babies, but you can't have 100. So 10 people could have 10 babies, but 100 people couldn't have one baby. That's each. right. Right. Unless they had a hundred embryos, which is not possible. But it, yeah. 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 Cool. So there was one they call an amp. So you buy an amp of sperm. An amp. An amp. <laughs> anyway. Amplify the situation. Exactly. Yeah. So there was one amp of sperm. So I was just like, do you know what? I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna sleep on it. And when I go to look tomorrow, if that is still there, then that's for me. Yep. And yeah. And it was. So you just that's that how it. I chose. Yeah. Interesting. I'd be interested to know, like, so we have a a person that we work with um, or that we were used to work with who's actually a sperm donor and he was a donor to two um, to two of his friend's children. Yeah. And I'm actually really curious as to what that would be like on the other foot to, be, to know the person, you know, because he, we've had the conversation and he still goes to birthdays and goes to Christmases. That's right. But do the kids know? Yeah. They do. But, but it's a very open yeah type of setup and obviously it needs to be a you know that's what they have both agreed on yeah and he calls them his kids it's it's really interesting but yeah they're not together but that's right first of all the personality of this person this makes so much sense um second of all i couldn't do that i don't know how like yeah i i don't know how you would do that without actually being but see ever romantically involved but see, then on the other foot, like my mum's a great example as well. So she did egg donation way back when. She did two rounds of donation for two other two separate families um, who both fell pregnant off of her eggs, but yet just kind of agreed to never have anything to do with those kids, which I think would be really hard. Yeah. Knowing that you've got something out there that's kind of half yours, but it's not really because you didn't give birth to it. It also... You incubate. No, exactly. It also yeah. brings you to the other dilemma that... If you've got embryos on ice or eggs on ice and you finish having your children, do you destroy them or do you donate them to somebody in need? Can you do that? Can you You donate can them? donate them in Australia. You That's pretty much cool. anonymously donate them. Yeah. But then somebody is out there with your genetics. So it's it's a a moral kind of where do you fit in that retrospect? And you know, they were yeah. actually talking about it on the radio. You know, I, I don't know how I feel about it because I'm not poached with that situation. Um, and I don't think until that time comes, I don't think I'd make up th- my mind, but a lot of people are divided on the decision about whether you destroy them or whether you donate. Well, that, well you've paid the money to kind of get it done and freeze them, right? Mm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, technically, I mean, your daughter Brooklyn would have genetically a brother or sister. Exactly. Yeah. Genetics. For some reason in my head, I don't view it that way. I view it as like unless you go through the process. And we kind of, Steph and I kind of had this conversation Mm. the other day. She asked me if I'd ever adopt and my response was kind of callous. And I said, I don't think I could put up with it, like put up with all of the hard of the child. Mm. I don't think, I think I need that maternal instinct in order to raise a child. 
I yeah. like I think I would need that. So I kind of I guess I have an emotional disconnect. So it's interesting between the three of us just here we all have different opinions. Yeah. On it. Yeah, I mean, I certainly see the benefits of adopting and obviously taking a child in need, but nothing can replace that. Yeah, but I think ha- I maternal. Would, I could yeah, absolutely happily, not. I could happily donate my eggs. Not that me, that I don't have enough eggs for myself, let alone anyone else, but I could happily donate my eggs, I think, in that scenario because mm. I would be able to disconnect. And that's, a, that's the thing. You can donate your eggs, but then you can also put eggs on us yourself. Yeah. You can have your eggs taken out time and time again, and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And for people that don't even know if they have fertility, like if someone had told me in the early days that, hey, you might actually struggle, mm. Having kids, I would have froze my eggs a long time ago. Well, this comes to a conversation we have on a weekly basis where you tell me all the time to freeze Freeze eggs. your eggs. Yeah. So you could, I could hypothetically go through the process, freeze my eggs, yep. still fall pregnant naturally, and then those eggs, it's then... Exactly. ...destroy or donate. And, like, am I correct in saying that when you try to do, like, IVF and artificial insemination, if you have too many failed attempts, your chances of getting pregnant then are greatly diminished? Is that correct? I think it depends upon in what terms are they failed. Yeah. Are they failed as in they've gotten positive tests and they have a miscarriage? Yeah. Because I believe after a number of miscarriages, it is harder for your yeah. body to recoup and fall pregnant. Yeah. Um, but you can go through having it not actually take. Yeah. And then I think that's – it's called a chemical pregnancy because it never actually became – a baby, it didn't t- attach to the uterus. And at that point, does it kind of come out on its own? I believe so. Yeah, or? I believe so. Yeah. But not as full on the same miscarriage because essentially at that time, you'd only be four weeks if yeah. it doesn't materialise into... it would be just like dropping your egg in a period. Like I believe normal. so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hypothetically. We're guessing. Hypothetically. Guessing, yeah. The other um, fact that I found quite interesting in Australia, we have very strict rules about how many embryos we can transfer at one time. So if you are under the age of 35, you're only allowed to have one embryo. So no twins. No twins. Unless that embryo splits. That's still a possibility. Like in a natural pregnancy. If you're over the age of 35, they do allow you to put two embryos in. But the chance of both of them actually sticking is quite high as well. So you could still have twins, but they're not essentially twins because they didn't come from the same embryo. (laughs) Um, But they allow you to do two when you're older because... One might not make it yeah. and then one might stick. Yeah. Um, but if you're under the age of 35, there's a whole lot of other risks that they mentioned of miscarriage, gestational diabetes. So in Australia, the laws are very strict. Yeah. I have a friend that is overseas and they don't have those rules. Overseas and she, where? She's in Germany. Yeah, cool. Um, and she's younger than me and she – they allowed her to do two embryos – She's now having twins. She's having twins. Yeah, she's having twins. I was twins. like, oh no, where are we going? With no, this? she's a case study. She's having twins. Aww, yeah, amazing. which is really exciting. So, um, I guess that's the that's the risk that you take um, when they allow you to put twins that you could end up. Did she with both the same sort of scenario? She's by herself. And no, she's, she's not. Partner. Yeah, she's she's got okay. she's got a husband. They've been together for a while. Just had a couple of difficulties conceiving. Yeah, yeah, cool. um, what those are, I she hasn't been quite vocal about those. So, um, yeah, the fact that they've actually been. Able to, and she's sort of halfway along her pregnancy, which is really exciting. Yeah, well, the only reason I ask is because I think the only reason I know it's a thing is because I know you. Otherwise, like, you you don't think – it's not the first thing that comes to your mind. You're like, oh, oh, I'll just have one on my own. I was very shocked when Sasha first told me that 
you had your well, baby on your own. Fifi like, Box oh, is having a baby by herself. Is it Fifi Box? Or is she? Is it? I'm pretty sure it's Fifi Box just had a baby on her own. Yeah, right. But like other than that, I never even heard of it. And then that's like someone with power and, and money and whatever. Like you don't think a regular person. Yeah. You can, like, you're like, actually, oh, I, I, I have another question. What is? Yes. What processes do you have to go through? To be allowed to have a baby on your own, you know, is it some ridiculous police kind of hurdles? Kind of thing? Is that police mean? checks? Yeah. And do you have to jump through hoops for them to go? Okay, you can be a parent. No, not really. Um, there is well, <laughs> I mean, not police checks or any of that, but there is counselling. Yeah. You do go through counselling for two reasons. One, because it is a very emotional process, yeah. and they need to make sure that you're mentally prepared. Yeah. Two, that. I think they also need to make sure that you're of sane mind because yeah. there's a lot of crazy people in the world. That's what I mean. And Some people just shouldn't have kids, man. Totally. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, they get pregnant anyway and they shouldn't have children. But then for them to actually facilitate the process to get you pregnant, they need to make sure that you are of sound mind, you can look after this child mm-hmm. and whatnot. I only did one day of counselling or one yeah. session of counselling because they didn't believe that I needed more. Yeah, yeah. I was say, but a lot of other people, yeah, a lot of other people, they'd be like, okay, well, I think we need to talk about this a little bit more. Is this the right thing? But other than that, there's not a whole lot of, I guess, legalities to go through. Yeah, um, there's obviously quite inv- a lot involved paperwork and money wise in IVF, but yeah. that's that's essentially it. How much did it cost? Do you mind? ask yeah I mean I was quite lucky because endometriosis does actually provide you with the medicare rebate for IVF yeah which I didn't know so essentially when the um the fertility specialist mentioned it to me I was you know obviously quite down about endometriosis but then he said it's actually it's a bad thing but it's a good thing he said if we're proven to have this then you get a rebate from medicare yeah so he's like, I tick a box and you get money back. So I was yeah. like, okay, well, not great that I've got endometriosis. Um, out of pocket, it was about 11500 yeah. Yeah. Um, But I got about four and a half back from Medicare. That's really oh, good. Cool. That's incredible. That's good. So, yeah. yeah but you're like doing one tiny thing for us endo and PCOS. Yeah. Well, you hear, like, you hear all those <laughs> horror stories where obviously if it doesn't work or you need to give it two or three cracks where families end up 60 grand in the hole. Yeah, because they but do you, it time and time again. Would, yeah. yeah, you would if it doesn't. You're just lucky that it took the first I'm time. So and lucky. And then if you decide to go and have another one with the embryos that are on ice, then that cycle's only about three or four thousand. Yeah, Whereas, I was literally just about to ask that question. Yeah, yeah what would baby number two? Yeah, that's yeah. all it would be. But again, if that doesn't work and you have to go to the next embryo, then you're also paying again for that. If again, somebody yeah. does um, a whole cycle and you exhaust all your possibility with your eggs and your embryos and you have to go and do all of that again essentially you'd be paying about 11 and a half every single time yeah with yeah. the second embryo i don't know if you know this but mm. do they have to do you have to do the hormone injections and everything again to prepare your body for a baby or is that just to release the eggs i believe it's they call it a natural cycle yeah so based upon your natural cycle would be when they implant it yeah cool i believe that the hormones are only to stimulate the eggs for the removal which right. I won't have to have them removed again. Yeah, because you've, well, fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed. Are yeah. you on like a ticking time box now that you know you've got endo? Time bomb, I think, is the phrase <laughs> well, you're looking for. That was the yeah. phrase I was looking for, yeah. I feel like I'm on a ticking time bomb because of my age. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, I feel like because it's only been essentially a year since I had the endometriosis surgery, I'm hoping that that's enough to keep 
me fertile enough to go again. Keep it all at bay. Yep. Keep it all at bay. If I have to go and have it again to then make it viable, mm-hmm. I'm open to that. Yeah. Yeah. The cost of the surgery is not that bad. Yeah. So you're definitely planning on having more. Yes. More children. Yes. Yay! Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> more little baby. Yes. yes. Beautiful little girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she is. We'll Big have to eyes and yes, everything. Um, but this this leads into a, we can we can segue here. Mm-hmm. Um. Hypothetically, so you're going to have another baby regardless. You're back yes. in the dating game. So yes. how do we, multifaceted questions, how do we broach, I have a kid with a guy, how do they tend to take it? And what would you, how would you approach the next? So say you met a guy, fell in love, wanted to have a kid, would you still want to use your embryos on ice like these are lots of questions yeah that is a very interesting question and one that I've thought about at length but I don't have the answer I think it would depend upon the guy that I would end up with and how they felt on the situation yeah because obviously those embryos they're good ready to go whereas and they would also be Brooklyn's biological that's correct um whereas if I met somebody and I wasn't able to fall pregnant naturally which medical reasons um says it's not possible mm-hmm. um i would then have to go through a full ivf cycle again and remove my eggs and with inseminate their with sperm. Their, yeah exactly yeah. Right. um so i think until that situation happens i think i need to wait to see what that other person yeah. would feel like it i've tried many tactics on how to date yeah. with a child um sometimes not bringing it up until a certain point because you know let's be honest dating's hard to start with yeah you know, with preaching yeah. to the choir, hello. Yeah. With you know, a lot of Caspers in my life as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we bond over Caspers. Yeah, a lot of um, no, not no shows, but a lot of non-committal dates. Yeah. A lot of oh, something came up at the last minute. Um, so you know, like you, I've been on and off um, the dating sites. Um, so yeah, I've just decided to to jump back on as my friends started dating someone. So yeah. I thought I'll. Give it a red hot crack Give again. It a crack as well. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, it's nice to enjoy the company of some friends. <laughs> or like one reoccurring friend. <laughs> For the last 17 years. Yeah. One reoccurring friend. <laughs> hey, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, totally. Like, mine's broken. Can I fix it? <laughs> <laughs> you can't fix it. We don't know no. how to fix it. I don't know how to fix him. Um, yeah, I, I find it very interesting that, like, you say sometimes you just don't bring it up. Because, like, I'm a very open person. I bring anything up. And... I guess I want to want to know your what do you find works more being open and upfront from the get go what gets a better response I feel like it depends where the conversation's going a lot of conversations I find they don't even make it to that yeah because guys jump on they jump off and it's not even getting to a conversation or I feel like one night I'm talking to someone and I'm vibing with them and then the next morning, I'm unmatched. Truth gone. So yeah. this is the this is the number one problem in the dating world, is it's dating too easy sites. To it's too it easy. I'm obviously like not at that point yet where I'm back on the dating sites, but I'm good. Like I I'm I like yeah, where you, I am right you've now. Locked into a recurring someone and yeah. someone who's willing to cuddle you on the couch, so you can shut the fuck up and stay in your lane. Thank you. you love your cuddles, don't you? I love my cuddles. <laughs> I'm a little cuddle whore, yeah. right? It works well for me. Cuddles are nice and Which I you, feel You've wholesome. locked into a good scenario. So yes. for, for us out here who don't have that, well, stay in your lane. Speak for yourself. Cool. Cool. Sorry. Sure. But, but also on a different 
sense. Like, I don't know how to put this, but it must be kind of refreshing to be like, yeah, I've got a kid, but it's all right. You don't need to worry about any crazy exes or who gets who on Christmas. Like, it's literally just my child when you're in the dating game, right? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like when I get to that certain point, um, I think it's certainly a benefit that I don't have that crazy ex in the background that's always going to be controlling what we do as a couple, where we go. If I want to leave the country with Brooklyn, I just take her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we can get on a plane. (laughs) It's a sore sore point. Um, Your ex-husband's name's COVID. He's stopping you leaving the country right now. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Poor Brooklyn's got this passport that she can't even use. (laughs) Well, my mum mum used to date men that had children and, like, the the missus, the mother of the child, obviously it depends on the person, but she chose a lot of, like, crazy people, right? (laughs) So, like, the mother of the children would always be like, no, you're not having them, blah, 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 like, and just making it Logistically speaking, it's a nightmare, yeah. It is. I mean, I grew up in two different houses, and for a while, you know, it was, you know, very amicable, but when we got to certain points in high school, it was very much dad wanted to take us overseas during school time or take us skiing, and mum would be... No, you're not taking them. Yeah. So I can say that. And sometimes just to spite as well. Not, I, mean, oh, I don't know about your probably, parents. Uh, yeah, but I would say so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, my mum had, so we've got me and two other siblings. Um, me and my brother, the father's not in the picture. My little sister, who's six, the father's in the picture. And life is so much more difficult because the father's in the picture at that point and they've separated, you know. It's <laughs> I just remember your mum ending a phone call with said father who's in the picture being like, I fucking hate talking to you. <laughs> yeah, well, no, after she hung up the phone, she was like super sweet and amicable on the phone, hung up, was like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, <laughs> the first thing she says after she hangs up the phone is like, yeah, yeah, you're a pain in my ass. I fucking hate you, yeah. And that was like, oh, yes, ex-husband that once upon a time I thought I was in love with, mother of my child, but... <laughs> Father of my child, but yes. Father of my child, yep. Interesting. Your mum's fun. I fucking love your mum. My mum is incredible. She knows how to pick them though. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Apple don't fall far. (laughs) Um, Dating with a child as well, not just telling people, but like logistically speaking, how how does one date with a child? I find dating with a dog hard enough. Yeah. With a roommate even. Let's just put it this way. I haven't been on an actual date since I've had her. Yeah. So that makes it hard. Um, If I met a guy to go on a date with, it just makes the window of opportunity to date less. Yeah. So I could go out in the evenings and get a babysitter. Yeah. If I was to go on a weekend day, then I'll be taking away time that I have with her. Yeah. And because I work full time, Monday to Friday, the weekends are my time with Brooklyn. So. It would be picking those times, um, but then it would be quite disappointing if, you know, you fork out all this money for a babysitter and it's a flop. Yeah, so we, we literally spoke about that on the like last week's episode with Ross, how like how much you spend on a date and the money that you outlay and the, the how you feel obliged to then follow through on fornication slash it was basically like, breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> conversation if, if someone spends too much money on a date. Should you sleep with them? Yes. Kind of thing. Are you obliged? Absolutely to... not. Yeah. No, but that's like <laughs> that was the conclusion. Yes. yes. Okay. Great. I'm glad we agree on that. Breakfast. Yes. Um, Which obviously wouldn't be an option in my case. No. Because I'd have to go home. My point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. My point being is, you're even if you do a coffee date on the beach, you're still gonna be fifty. I don't know how much babysitters cost. Like twenty five an hour. Yeah. So that's more than wow. we get paid. 
Wow. I need to be a babysitter. Yeah. I have a blue card. It'll be fine. I'm going to be a babysitter. You totally should be. But then you have to deal, dude, you have to deal with children. You have other people. <laughs> like, let's give them back. You give them back. And then that is my, there, right there, that is my contraception. But I, I did do that. I babysat for a while before I went to Canada. It was like my part-time thing. Like someone left me around children. To be, ooh. Right? To be fair, I have three much younger siblings. Mm. So I... You're used to it. I'm used to it, yeah. but my patience would be very thin. Yeah, yeah. sure. Like I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't make a very good babysitter because I'd just be like, shut the fuck up. Thanks. Yep. Sit down, shut up. After about an hour. I'd be right for an hour and then I'd be like, yeah, I don't like you. You know? Can't even drown it at that point. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the damage is done. I just have to wait for your parent to come home. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not babysitting. It's, it's off the cards. Um, yeah, wow. I don't, I've lost my train of thought completely. Last, we started talking about children. and well, Okay, so now that you have all this information, is this something, Emily, that you would consider freezing your eggs? Well, because you've obviously got a few problems, like all the problems. Like all of them. All of them. Um, yeah, well, we've talked about this many times, mm-hmm. haven't we? Like, yeah. I, that I should do it. And I, when I saw a doctor, I've, well, I don't like doctors. Um, I've seen a few doctors that one's been like, no, don't worry about it, you'll be fine. One's been like, yeah, if you don't have a partner at 25, like, maybe think about it. Um, others have been like, do it right now. And I'm like, I don't have money. Uh. Yeah. And that literally money and the lack of time to go through the hormonal process because I would be fucked. Because my hormones are already fucked. Yeah. So my brain already doesn't work. But if you can put your eggs on ice forever, could you not take eight or 12 of them out and then gut your insides? I can't gut my insides because I still need a uterus to have a baby. Mm. Um, That's correct. There's that. I just wanted to anatomy you for a second. Um, No, but I mean, mean, you know, and then you branch into the topic of a surrogate. You know, could I don't you think I could. I don't. But that's what I said to you yesterday. You I need to have that emotional I connection. I don't think I could. Even I don't, if it was your genes. No, I think I literally need to go through the process and have that yeah. connection. Yeah. Um, but there's two questions that get brought up. Is first of all, I think part of the reason I won't do it is because I'm scared they're going to get nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to find that out now. I would like to blissfully live in ignorance for a little bit longer. Welcome to why I avoid doctors' appointments. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to talk about yet that. Um, but there's that side of it. But then there's the flip side where, and when I was doing a little bit of research for this, I came across an article where basically it was a Cosmo article and she said it's better than dating desperately looking for someone to have a kid with. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of find I do that to a degree. Like... I think I'm only so blunt with my dates because I'm like, could I marry you? Could I have kids with you? No, then what's the point? I think if I didn't have this ticking time bomb that I don't even know how long this time bomb has, Mm -hmm. but if I didn't have this ticking time bomb inside me, I think I would be a little bit more frivolous and just have a bit of fun and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what to do, really. I mean, I think you need to decide what's best for you, but also... Fast forward five years, Yeah. what are you going to tell your past self? Because do you want to get five years down the track thinking I should have been smarter and now I can't have kids mm-hmm. and then have to live the rest of your life without children? You just need to, to decide what's important. Well, I guess then my question to you would be you got to a point where if you'd done it at 30, like you originally said, you potentially would have had better chance. Obviously, luck has worked in your favour. Yeah. But if 
if you were going to pass self, who at 30 had every other reason not to do it in their life, mm-hmm. what would you say to her? I would say to, to just do it, just go for it. Um, obviously, having done it, it's the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it also personally needs to go right back to when we learn about sex and sex education in high school. We get taught about how not to fall pregnant, how to protect ourselves from AIDS. Mm-hmm. There is not one ounce of education around how hard it is to actually fall pregnant. Yeah. You don't even know back then. Well, until you get older and you actually understand fertility and cycles, that there's only, say, a couple of times a month that you can actually fall pregnant. And then there's all these things. Like, for me, my diet changes everything. Exactly. Whether I'm doing yoga, whether I'm stressed, like... I am aware of what my body is doing because I've had doctors and my mum is in the same situation. But there's probably plenty of girls out there that have no idea. And if they had been told at 15, 16, if you cut gluten out, like basic example, if you cut, cut gluten out of your diet, you're going to be able to fall pregnant way easier when you're 30. They probably would have been like, yep, fuck the bread, bye. That's really shocking. That's kind of scary. I don't even know what has gluten in it. I don't even know what gluten is at this point. Nothing, I just know that it's gluten free. Nothing you eat in this house, um, and I just don't tell you. Yeah, but Everything also, I who's gluten free? Who's to say yeah. that? I mean, for your body type, yes. If you you know take out gluten, yeah, then you're gonna be fine. But no one else knows what sort of changes that they could make. Um, I mean, you know, back when we were in high school, we thought you had sex, you got pregnant. Yeah, that was just how it was. Yeah. You have unprotected sex, you're gonna fall pregnant. Yeah, and the fear is put into not to have sex without a condom on because you're going to have a baby. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually not the case. Yeah. yeah. It's well, it's, I find that very, very weird. Like you educate using fear instead of educating using positive reinforcement. And if you do this, this thing will happen. And it's a positive light. Like, you know, if you have sex with a condom on or any other form of contraceptive, if you're in a long-term partnership and whatever, then your chances of falling pregnant are slimmer. But if you want to have a baby, do this instead. Like exactly. The, the framing around it is if you have a baby, the world is going to end. Not mm-hmm. Don't try not to have a baby until you're ready to have a baby, but when you want to have a baby, yeah. this is how you have a baby. Kind yeah. of thing. Not, it's very much what society tells us. Yeah. Um, but I guess there's you know certain roadblocks, like you talk about money and things like that, and that was a big roadblock for me. Um, but one of my very good friends actually loaned me all of the money. She said, I want you to have a baby. She gave me all the money. We made an arrangement. We put it in writing and we had a deadline that I had to pay it back and we made it feasible. And every single week I paid her that money back. Yep. I also paid her more than needed and I paid her off in advance. Yeah. Um, and well before Brooklyn was born, the money was paid back. So wow, that's one thing that's that I amazing. am eternally grateful for her, but that was one roadblock that was just removed because she wanted me to give me every possibility there was to have a kid. Yeah. Absolutely, you. 100%. Yeah. And that, well, I guess there's a twofold there is you, your friends obviously supported you and you, so you didn't have a partner to go to these yeah. things with you and whatever, but I'm sure your friends went to scans with you and stuff like that. Um, not really. Um, a lot of... Woman. Yeah. yeah, a lot of my friends, you know, work, like most of us, five days a week, Monday to Friday, so... And I guess you probably didn't feel like you needed them there either. Yeah, that's decided, right. Yeah. yeah, it kind of never came to me that um, 
you know, that I would need someone at the appointments. A lot of my friends without kids live in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, whereas on the Gold Coast, a lot of them have kids. So it wasn't sort of ones that I could call upon for those things. Mm-hmm. There was one point that I ended up in the ED at nine weeks and I called um, my guy friend because I was, you know, a bit worried and didn't really want to sit that, in the that ED. That recurring yeah. guy friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool, that one. Cool, cool. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really want to sit in the ED of the Gold Coast Hospital for, you know, five hours waiting to get in. Yeah. Um, that's probably the only time that I had somebody at the appointment other than when I gave birth. Yeah. Yeah. And who was there when you gave birth? I had my one of my best friends. She was there the entire time from induction through to um, when she was born. Which was how long? <sighs> <laughs> Why do you have to bring this up? <laughs> Rocks back. Right yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a horrific experience. I think that's it. Start with four? No. Good. Um, <laughs> That's, a, that's probably a conversation for another day, probably the entire birth experience. Yeah, um, yeah. But she was um, – the time from when they induced me was probably about 30 hours. Wow. So, so she was medically induced? Yes. Interesting. How does that work? Just chemicals? So – like squatting a bull? Kind no, of no, no. <coughs> I wish it was that easy. Yeah. No, they actually put inside you a balloon catheter. And fill it with liquid. So they put it inside you and essentially try to bring on labour. Wow. That's horrifying. It was horrifying. So you have that inside you for 12 hours. <laughs> um, so the best form of contraception is someone who's had a baby. I'm just going to put oh, that Oh, yeah. Come, yeah. Like, come and have a yeah. chat to me about a birth experience and that'll certainly put the... I'm just like, yeah. I'm just going to get someone to We're a condom, kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Over the back of the head, right, as I'm... Yeah inducing and i'll just wake up after no, you have to be born. there to push cut me open sunroof exit yeah <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> eject bottom. yeah boost yeah. the baby yeah and then yeah it was probably about <laughs> 24 hours into it my other friend showed up and she was sort of there for the first night in hospital yeah. as well that's amazing yeah though. you had i'm still on <laughs> oh, she's, she's just yeah, yeah, a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but that's no that's awesome that you had friends because like that was going to be another question i was going to ask you is how to how do people generally react when you, like, we were obviously shocked and like, what, what kind of thing. But, like, yeah. have you had any negative reactions or anything? To- the only negative, well, it wasn't negative. Um, I struggled to tell my grandparents. Yep. I mean, they were born in the 30s. Yeah. You know, my grandpa's 95, my grandma's 93. It's very much a foreign con- co- foreign concept to them. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't comprehend it. And I was just like, do you know what? When she's here, they're not going to care. No, true. And... They're also from that age where, you know, being racist is quite normal. Yeah. Um, so I was very much keeping the nationality of yep. the Jonah under wraps because yep. to me it didn't matter. Yeah. It's not a talking point. It's not something that, you know, will have any roadblocks throughout my life. So I haven't mentioned that to them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they don't even know any difference now. Yeah. You know, she's so beautiful and there's never been a question what authenticity is the Jonah from. I have a really – Interesting question. I don't know if you necessarily have an answer for me right about now, but you know, when Brooklyn gets a bit older, what it what happens in the scenario if she wants to meet her dad, she can't. Yeah, I mean, these conversations are going to be very hard to have with her. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've thought a little bit about it, but I haven't really decided. Um, the only possible way that you can meet that person is when they turn 18 yep. and you access through the process and a whole lot of legalities. Yeah. But there's no obligation from them. And I think it's more to explain to her, like, it, 
it's just it's not really a person. They provided a service yeah. and we access that service. Yeah. And obviously there's quite a number of people in her situation again. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, just kind of maybe, un, you know, explaining to her the process. I'm not one to kind of make up this propaganda. Like it's a fact. She doesn't have a dad. She yeah. was a donor baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be very open about that with her. I don't want to you know make things up or things like that I think honesty is the best key um but I think yeah if if she decides that she wants to go through that process and access that to see who that person is then that's something that she'll be able to make that decision when she's 18 yeah um but you know personally I'm hoping that she doesn't but that's just you know my my opinion on that um but I, I don't think it's the whole sort of situation. Like if I was to have a baby with somebody and then they've run off that she's got that kind of, oh, I want to know who my father and is because, yeah, because why they left. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, I'm, you know, she might not have that need for that emotional connection. I'm not sure. It'll be something that we have to I think cross it's the also, bridge with. It might have, obviously I'm not speaking from a <clears throat> kind of personal experience, but, you know, my dad wasn't in the picture, but it's a lot easier because I was a female. And, you know, I didn't need that kind of male role model and I was perfectly happy having my mum being a single parent I think it kind of might have worked in your favor that it's you ended up having a girl you know it's the kind of they're not going to be searching for that father figure yeah they're and I, have that kind of I f- need yeah I think it's important for them to have you know strong male mm. um figures in their life yeah um but, but I was have to be biological no I was yeah. never under the impression that you know, you have to have a male and a female for a parent. I mean, there's so many, you know, same-sex couples Mm -hmm. in the world now. It's quite a normal thing. And I feel like when she goes to school, it'll be very normal for this kid not to have a father, this kid not to have a mother. You know, I hear about, you know, fathers going and having a kid on their own or going and, you know, adopting a kid and being, you know, a single father because they haven't met the girl that they want to be. I feel like it's a lot more common than we think. Yeah. I'd love to talk to a, like a dad who's done that. Yeah. There's a whole lot of other logistical questions. hoops to, yeah. You'd have to jump through to be a man in that situation would be. Absolutely. Because you've got to find someone to carry the baby, don't you? That's right. No, but I mean, but I mean like the psychology and stuff, like obviously Mm. like the hoops that a male has to jump through to be a child carer kind yeah. of thing you know in the this day and age I think it would be ridiculously hard for a male to go out and have a on their own so, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah I personally thought that it was not normal like I hadn't met anyone else that had done it yeah but I joined a mother's group through a friend from work and there were two other women that had, had kids on their own yeah yeah on the Gold Coast in the same circle of friends I was dumbfounded so I feel like it's a lot more common than we than think, we think. Yeah. yeah and then back to like the male role model you have a brother don't you I have two brothers. Yeah, so there's there's other males in their life yeah. as well. Yeah. You've got friends, you've got whatever. Yeah. I'm I'm incredibly close with my dad, but I also look to my uncle a lot of the time for my male role model kind of advice that I look for because I generally know what my dad's going to tell me. I pick my battles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> pick who you want to talk to. Um, but yeah, like there's so many other options that Absolutely. for yeah. male role models in your in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. There is, you know, I've got got my dad around the corner. You know, she loves spending time with him. She loves her poppy, who's mm-hmm. my stepdad. So, yeah. you know, the, the, I don't feel like she's disadvantaged at all. Yeah, of course, of course. It's you, amazing. Obviously, when you went into this, it was a massive decision, and I'm sure you had lots of like not concerns, but you know, you had to really think about it for a long time. Do you have any advice for women out there that might be looking at this to an, as an option but unsure of what they want to do? I think my word of advice is don't listen to the outsiders. You know what's right for you. 
and it is very normal for people to do it on their own. Yeah. The fact that we live in the world where we have access to these scientists and the fact that, you know, you can now do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd love to have been married and had three children by now, but the world hasn't worked out like that. Yeah. I'm also the sort of person that you have to make your life. You can't just sit back and wait for it to come to you. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be 50 and, you know, did nothing about my life. I wanted to have kids. I've always wanted to have a family. Um, if you know that you want to, don't wait. Don't get to that 40 and be told, sorry, it's too late. Yeah. You know, how many, you know, how are you going to go on and live your life? There's so many things that you can do to make it happen. But also there's so many support groups out there, um, you know, whether you, you know, just for a mum, there's also single mum groups. There's also a group on Facebook that's actually for mums that are looking to do it on their own so they can, you know, ask people other questions. Yeah, yeah. But I just feel like if you've got people around you that are being negative, then you don't want them in your life anyway. Yeah, if they're not yeah. your people, they're not Yeah, they're not life. your people. Yeah. It's yeah. Like similar to what your mum said, how she said, choose your heart. Like, mm-hmm. you, can, you can choose to wait and wait and wait and wait for the right person and all that kind of stuff, or you can just do it yourself. Yep. Just get it done. That's the same as career, whatever. You've got to make your own mm-hmm. opportunities. Yep. So You do. Yeah. yeah. I was done waiting. Yeah. yeah. I'm not the sort of person just to sit around and wait for things yeah. to happen. Just get it done. You have to make it happen yourself. I think that's why my mum's like not overly butthurt that none of her kids' fathers are still in her life because she's like, well, I still have my three beautiful children. Yeah, that's all yeah. you need. And, you know, men aren't forever, but kids are Yeah, at that point. Blood is thicker than water. Yes. Mm. Amazing. I like this chat. Me too. I've quite enjoyed it. I feel very enlightened. I feel like I'm going to have to do some research. You've Um, got options. But yeah. Yeah. Freeze your eggs. Just take out a personal loan. Fuck it. (laughs) We can be in debt together. I don't think you can. I think it would be payment plans rather than a personal loan. You can take a personal loan from the bank whenever you like for however much you like. You just have to be approved from it. This is true. But the interest rates are quite high on a personal loan. Yeah, I know. I have one sitting in the driveway. Yeah, yeah. That, well, no, that's probably a car loan, no, yeah? No, it's a personal loan. Oh, okay, yeah, well, then, yeah, you yeah. might not want to get another one just yet. Yeah, yeah maybe not, yeah. No. I mean, you could do it. You could look into it. We'll look into yeah. it and see what happens. Then you can consolidate and have one loan. See? there's a, Where there's a will, there's she, a way. She's a finance whiz as well. Look at her game. No, I've just had a lot of debt over the years. It's not only that, but, like, you've got me, but you can't stand me 24-7, so it's a good thing I'm only here three days a week now, yeah. which means that when you're crazy and hormonal – you can cry onto my shoulder and cuddle me and then I'll fuck off. Like, it's the perfect But I'm usually good when you're here. It's when you're not here that I get crazy and hormonal. Perfect. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that so like sounds like bingo. it works. Yeah. That definitely works, right? <laughs> but I don't want to be crazy and hormonal. No, I, I will think about it. And, yeah, I, well, every chat we have about it makes me think about it. So I appreciate mm. the fact that I have someone and I'm hoping that having this chat and putting it out into the world will give girls who don't have someone an idea about what to do and think and expect and the options and yeah. yeah do you get like a referrals discount <laughs> oh gosh i'd love i'd love that yeah, yeah but no 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 it doesn't work like that i don't know i'd love that but no could be a thing one day business plan gap business in the market plan. go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good place to wrap it up miss stephanie it is thank you so much for coming on today thanks for having me it's been great you want to plug your stuff one more time? Absolutely. Uh, be wedded AU mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. The brand like, new business. Like, follow. Yes. yes. 
and the little Wonderlust star as well. So drop me a line on the blog. Happy to come out and check out your restaurant if you've got a new one. Ooh. Put me on a plane anytime. We, we <laughs> Anywhere. Start, we want to start blogging more so we need more to talk about, right? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks so much and... And of course, if anyone out there has any questions or queries or comments, drop us a line and we can get you in touch with Sasha and you can learn more, really. We'll definitely tag you all your stuff in the posts that we put Mm -hmm. up on Instagram and the show notes as well for the podcast. But yeah, follow us on OK But Seriously podcast on Instagram and then everything will be there and we'll be able to get get your business out there and the blog and everything. Fuck yeah, make it happen. Yeah. Thank you. Girl Vibe Tribe. Girl vibe tribe. I got it. Girl vibe tribe. She got it eventually. Let's <laughs> let's call it a day. Kids. Love you. Bye. Bye. My whole face was just cuddles. Yeah. I cuddled a lot of men at one time. But it's a mentality. Like I was a fuck boy. And I'm willing to admit it. Have you fucked your whole past? <laughs> is the question she's trying to ask. Where do men draw the line? Like I've got the break fast in 12 hours and there's no but sometimes I put like an emoji next to it to kind of hint at what kind of sex oh.